Good morning, everybody. The pastor came and gave me this bottle of water. Do you know what he said? He said, in case the sermon's dry. What sort of a pastor is, what sort of a pastor is that? <laughs> well, we'll keep it for emergencies, eh? Bless you guys. As you go away on holiday, they really need this break away. It's... Uh, when you're pastoring, you're, the pressures are on, and so that you're taking a well-deserved break, and uh, you go and enjoy it. And don't worry about us. We'll be all right, won't we? Some are not sure. <laughs> Some of you said, in case someone else asks me, I've got a, a scar on the top of my head with a few stitches in it, and... Uh, the, uh, there was just a little precancerous growth that was taken out. And uh, so the, the surgeon was doing this job for me. And uh, he said, I'll just dig a little deeper and do a bit of a brain search. <laughs> so after a couple of months, I said, what did you find? He said, nothing. <laughs> I thought, oh, dear. Well, I guess that figures anyway. So uh, I'm first reserve. I'm, I'm first reserve off the bench this morning. So uh, trust that you'll just stick with me as I bring this word to you this morning. Um, in Hebrews chapter four and verse two, it says that it says that the word preached uh, did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. Now, I'm sorry the scriptures are not going to come up because I only found out I was preaching yesterday morning. So you're going to need your Bibles and we'll just do the best we can. The word did not profit them because it was not mixed with faith. Now, this morning as I speak this morning, um, the, the word coming to you this morning will be quite specific in places and you will receive a real word from the Lord, a real word for your situation. Last time I spoke, a number of people came up and, and, and said, look, I thought you were just preaching to me. It was so specific, thank you, it was so specific to my situation. Now when God begins to anoint the word of God and it comes across and it's in the air, it's like it's, it's, it's there. The word of the Lord comes to us and it just, it, it hangs in the air. And if it's specific and you say, whoa, God, I think you're speaking to me, then reach up and grab it. You know, don't let it just disappear. Because the word will not profit you unless you apply your faith and say, thank you, Lord, I receive it. And, I, and grab it, pull it down into your spirit. Say, Lord, I'm going to believe that. Because sometimes when we're, especially if we're a little bit timid in our personality, Sometimes we hear something that is, that, oh, I wonder if that's for me. Oh, no, it must be for somebody else. Don't say that this morning. If you feel something beginning to register, and perhaps it's an answer to what you've been thinking about, or perhaps it's a decision that you've been facing, or pressures that you've been facing, and God begins to speak, then reach up and say, I receive it, Lord. And just grab it. And mix the preached word with your faith, and something good will happen in your life. Yes? So, Father, I pray this morning as we share together that, Holy Spirit, you will take 
the ordinary water that I bring and turn it into wine so that the people will be filled with joy and with faith. Lord, may they put their faith in you and in your word and be greatly encouraged this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I want you to refer you to Genesis chapter 26, which is my key scripture for this morning. Genesis chapter 26 and verse 25. Um, in context, uh, Isaac had moved to a new area and uh, he dug some wells and uh, they were disputed. The people that were there said, no, you're not having the water from that well. It's, it's ours. And so there were some arguments and then he moved on and dug some more wells and there was arguments over that as well. And finally, he came to this place and he, he dug a well and it produced water and no one argued about it. Um, so he came to a new place and this is what he did. And it says in verse 26, it says this, Isaac built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord and there he pitched his tent and there his servants dug a well. When Sophie and I moved into this area again, we'd been traveling in our motorhome and I was just talking with Robert and his wife before and they're traveling as well, so welcome this morning. We know what it was like to be traveling. We traveled for about 20 months through the country, nearly two years through the country. And then we decided we needed to settle again. And the Holy Spirit, in a wonderful way, led us to this place and led us to a house in, in Whangaroa Harbour, which is just amazing. But, you know, when we come to a place and when you come to a place, there's three things that we need to do. First, we need to build an altar. Then we need to pitch a tent. Then we need to dig a well. To build an altar, you know, when Noah came out of the ark and he'd been there for 40 days and 40 nights and a bit longer than that and he comes out of the ark, the first thing he did was he built an altar. He built a place of worship. And if you and I are going to be useful in our community, we need to be worshippers of the Most High God. The greatest privilege that we have as Christians is to come into the presence of God and stand before Him and minister before Him and worship Him. When we come together on Sunday morning, the thing that delights the heart of the Father is that you and I, first, that we come, and second, that we open our hearts and just stand in His presence in whatever way is comfortable to you and worship. Some of us worship loudly, some of us worship more quiet, but we stand in His presence and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for all you've done. I honour you this morning. But more than that, in a community like this, in a town like this, it is vital that there is people who start on the first day of the week and come and minister before the Lord. Something is created when people worship. And something created is created in your home when you worship in your home. When you just honour Him and open your heart to Him and, and, and just, as it were, just bow before Him and just be you before your Lord and become a worshipper of the Lord. It's a great thing and it's a focus of our life is to be a worshipper. And so it becomes important. 
Abraham, Genesis chapter 12 and verse 7 and verse 8. It says this. If I can find it here. Verse 7 and verse 8, I wrote down. At that time, uh, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to your offspring, I will give you this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared before him. So when God said to him, I'm going to bless you, the first thing he did in response was to build an altar and he worshipped God. And God wants to fill your life. And there's a whole lot of people in this town that are heading towards the kingdom of God. It is harvest time. And on behalf of them, can I encourage you who follow the Lord to build an altar in your life and to become a worshiper, to pitch a tent and to open a well. Not just for you, it'll be a great blessing to you, but for the people who are yet to come. It's important that we are available to the Lord. And so Abraham became a worshiper. Gideon, in Judges chapter 6, and verse 22. Was it 22? Yeah, verse 22. Let me find this for you. While Gideon, uh, when Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he explained, Ah, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid, for you're not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it, The Lord is Peace, Jehovah Shalom. To this day it stands in Oprah of the Abizrites. That same night the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old, and tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of the height. Using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the men of the town, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. And in the morning, when the men of the town got up, there was Baal's altar demolished with the Asherah pole beside it cut down and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. During our lifetime, sometimes we become so dependent upon other things. And there comes the time when you and I need to say, Lord, I no longer will just depend upon my own resources, upon my money, whatever it is that you actually bow down to. Some of us bow down on Saturday nights to the TV and watch the rugby. I do. But on Sunday morning, I bow down to God. But sometimes there are things that need to be demolished and put God in first place. Hallelujah. In our lives and become a worshiper of the Lord. Look at Exodus chapter 23. Exodus chapter 23, verse 25. Worship the Lord your God 
and worship the Lord your God and what does it say, Pastor? Worship the Lord your God and his blessing will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you and none will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full lifespan. I will send my terror ahead of you and throw into confusion every nation you encounter. I will make all your enemies turn their backs and run. Hallelujah. If you will become a worshiper of the Most High God, the blessing of the Lord will start to follow your life. And you'll be blessed in so many ways. Sickness will start to diminish from you. There's some people here this morning, the Holy Spirit told me there's people here this morning that the reason you're not enjoying the fullness of life is because you're not, you're not a worshiper of the Most High God. You need to give your life to Jesus and begin to follow Him. And when you follow Him and you build an altar and say, Lord, I, I'm going to give my life to you. I'm going to lay down my life and I'm going to take on your life. I tell you, these things will begin to happen for you. God will begin to bless you. You say, how will God bless me? I'll tell you what, he'll bless your food and your water. He will take away sickness from among you. There's several people here who will never give you free from the sickness that dogs you until you open your life fully and begin to worship him. And then the blessing of the Lord, you'll unlock something in your life. Sickness will not be able to stay as you worship the living God. Hallelujah. Mix the word with your faith this morning. Much blessing. You know, turn everything into an act of worship. Instead of begrudging going to work, worship him as you go. Say, thank you, Lord, for the job. Hallelujah. Thank you for the money that's coming in. Hallelujah. You know, your tasks, whatever you're doing, worship God. Say, Lord, thank you for the strength and the, and the, and the joy that I can do this. Hallelujah. And don't begrudge it. <coughs> Family responsibilities. Even our challenges and our sacrifices. You know, Abraham was called to sacrifice. And God said, take your son Isaac and sacrifice. You say, wait a minute. God, he's my only son. Give me a break. But God was testing Abraham because Abraham was going to become the father of faith. And in Genesis chapter 22, it says this. This was a huge test for this man. In Genesis chapter 2, he says this in verse uh, 5. Genesis 22 and verse 5. He said, he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there, we will worship and then we will come back to you. 
He said, wait a minute. You're going to lay down your son's life? This was heavy on his heart. He said, I'm going to worship. I'm going to trust God. I'm just in this difficult circumstance. I'm going to worship you, Lord. We're going to go and worship, and then we'll come back. He trusted the Lord. In your circumstance, though it be hard, worship him there. Turn it into a place, build an altar, and say, Lord, I trust you. I don't know everything that's happening right now. I don't understand all that's going on. But I'm just going to build an altar, and I'm going to open my heart to you, and I'm just going to worship you, Lord, and I'm going to trust you. Hallelujah that you will turn it all to good in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18, give thanks in everything, for this is the will of God concerning you. Hallelujah. Become a worshiper. Worship, build an altar. God will bless you. And then Isaac said, the second thing I'm going to do, I'm going to pitch a tent. I'm going to settle here. I'm going to stop wandering. I've decided to settle. And I'm going to put up my tent. Hallelujah. I'm going to drive the pegs in. And you can count on me. I'm going to be here. You see. In Psalm 107, it's important that when God leads you to a place to settle there. Psalm 107 and verse 4 and 5, the psalmist says this. Boy, it's a nuisance having to wear glasses. Have you noticed, have you older people noticed that as you get older, the words get smaller? That's why it seems to happen. Where am I? Genesis, Psalm 107, verse 4 and verse 5. Some wandered in desert wastelands, finding no way to a city where they could settle. They were hungry and thirsty, and their lives ebbed away. If you keep wandering from place to place, and you find no place, and you don't settle somewhere, eventually what's going to happen is that you're going to be hungry and thirsty and your life will begin to diminish. And as Christians, God has a place for us. Hallelujah. And he leads us to a place. Remember a few weeks ago, I said, he will make a way for you. He goes before us to lead us to a place. When Sophie and I were praying, I said, Lord, you've got to lead us. You've got to lead. You're going before us. Hallelujah. You've got a place for us to be. Will you send your angel out and find it for us and then where you are, bring it to us? And guess what? He led us here to this Excite Church, which is for better or for worse for you lot. <laughs> but he led us here. And when we found the church and we, did, we just came in here the first time, we said, this is it. This is where God wants us to be. Something good is happening here. Hallelujah. You've only seen the first installment of what God wants to do. Hallelujah. Something good is about to happen. 
And we said, Let, this is the place. We felt it in our spirit. We met the pastor. We listened to them preach. We listened to your others share. And we said, this is it. The Holy Spirit, this is where I want you to be. So we said, let's pitch our tent. We haven't been to any other church. They may be a whole lot better. I don't know, but I'll never know. <laughs> he said, pitch your tent. Put your pegs down. Settle. Because if you don't settle, you keep wandering, then your life diminishes. You see? And uh, look, you look at um, Psalm 68. I love this psalm. Psalm 68, verse 5 to 10. I'm just teaching here this morning, and, and we're just, there's not so many stories this morning. I said to the Lord this morning, there was something I wanted to preach. It was and some great stories. I thought, oh, Lord, I want to share with them. What you I said, no, settle down. Just teach the word of God, please. <laughs> 68. Psalm 68, verse 5, and verse, uh, through a few verses. Listen to this. This is going to minister to somebody. A father to the fatherless, defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. He's defender of widows. You know, some of you older people, some of us older people, we get ripped off. But God says, I'll defend you. Trust me. I'll give you wisdom about these things. Hallelujah. God sets the lonely in families, the solitary, the lonely in families. He leads forth the prisoners with singing. Those that have been in captivity, he brings them out. Hallelujah. But the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. When you went out before your people, O God, when you marched through the wasteland, the earth shook and the heavens poured down rain before God, the one of Sinai, before God, the God of Israel. You gave abundant showers, O God, and you refreshed your weary inheritance. Your people settled in it. And from your bounty, O oh God, you provided for the poor. God sets the solitary or the lonely in families. That's why some of you have come into this church, because God says, you go to that church and you'll find a family there. If you keep wandering and don't settle, you'll never find your family. And so, so, so you know, and God says here, look, he says, and there I will bless you. I will send bountiful showers. There'll be an overflow in your life. If you pitch your tent where God asks you to pitch it, he will begin to rain upon your life. He will begin to bless you. It, there will become not just enough to get, there will become an overflow in your life. Hallelujah. And he will refresh your, the weary inheritance. Pastors, God is going to refresh you. You've become weary and well-doing. And that's not a bad place. You've just given and given and given and given and given and given. And you nearly run out. <laughs> but God is going to refresh you. You just need to enjoy it. You just need to let him. You just need to let him pour it in. Hallelujah. And we're going to be praying that you'll just be blessed like nothing else. Hallelujah. So that's how it is. In Numbers chapter 9 and verse 15 and 16, it says this. 
Numbers chapter 9. Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers. Here it is. Numbers chapter 9, verse 15 and verse 16. On the day of the tabernacle, the tent of the testimony was set up. The cloud covered it from evening till morning. The cloud above the tabernacle looked like fire. What's that? When the tent of God, God says, pitch your tent. I've got a tent of meeting for you. And he gave the instructions to Moses. And they, they got it ready and they put it up. And they pitched this tent. And the day it was set up, the presence of God came into it. And I tell you, my friend, if you will settle, if you will get planted, if you will pitch a tent, hallelujah, the day you pitch it, the presence of the Lord will begin to move on your behalf. Hallelujah. There's some, there's people, if you will get this word in your spirit, if you will reach up and grab this and say, Lord, lead me to the place so I can build an altar and so I can pitch a tent, hallelujah, the presence of the Lord will begin to fill your life. And the things that you can't answer now, you will answer tomorrow. The things that haven't happened before will begin to happen and God will begin to bless your life. Hallelujah. Pitch a tent, my friend. Pitch a tent. Then Isaac said, I tell you what, I'm not there yet. I need to dig a well. So you can understand that in the desert, in the dry areas, you can, you, you can build an altar and you can pitch your tent, but you ain't got water, you got, you're not going to be there very long. So Isaac said, I'm going to open a well. And on behalf of the people who do, know not, who do not know Jesus in this town, my Christian friend, please allow Spirit of the Lord to open a well in your life. Hallelujah. So that together we might pour out all the giftings and the blessings and the things that we've been blessed with. Hallelujah. So that this community might know that Jesus Christ is the answer to life's problems. He's the saviour of the world. He's the redeemer of mankind. He's the light for those who sit in darkness. He is the bread for those who are hungry. Hallelujah. He is everything that people need, but it requires my well to be opened. It requires Sophia's well to be opened. It behoves us that we dig a well, hallelujah, and that we get a flow of the Holy Spirit coming from our life so that others might come and, and that they might drink and find Jesus as the one who satisfies the deepest heart longing that they have. You see, they need water and you and I carry that water. Look what Jesus said in John chapter 4 and verse 14. John chapter 4 and verse 14. Sounds like the kids are getting loose. Where is it? John verse 14. What does it say? But whosoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Do you know him? 
Do you know Jesus? You'll always have a thirst that you'll never satisfy until you drink the water that he gives, which will be in you, a spring of living water. A couple of chapters later in John chapter 7, he says this. Listen to what he said now. This is amazing. In the last day, verse 37 of chapter 7 of John, from the last and the greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. This is the Holy Spirit. He's in you, my Christian friend. He's a stream of living water. Wherever that, in Ezekiel 47, it talks about the river of God. It simply says that wherever that river went, things sprung to life. There were fish galore. Things happened. Even the salt water became fresh. Even the stagnant areas of people's lives will become fresh if there is a flow from this church of Holy Spirit life. And it depends upon how, what is the flow from my life? What is the flow from your life? That together as we begin to pour out and let that water begin to flow and let the Holy Spirit flow from within us, together it becomes a stream. And as more people gather and they dig a well and that well begins to flow, then it becomes more and it becomes a river. And that river flows out into this community. Hallelujah. And whatever it touches will spring to life and the harvest will begin to come. And so we need to dig a well. We need to get the flow going. We can't afford as Christians just to be sitting and just just sort of letting life drift by. Every one of us has a well of water that if someone else gets hold of it, they will begin to live again. Even us older ones who've been on the journey for quite a while, I tell you in Jesus' name, you've got so much to give. You've got so much of a story. You've got experience. You've been through hard times and you won it. You've been through difficult times and you came through it because of Jesus. You've got a story to tell. You've got love in your heart. My dear friends, don't just settle in old age. In old age, Jesus said, we would flourish. Hallelujah. We would be flourishing. We would have a flow of Holy Spirit life. Hallelujah. And we need everybody's stream to be flowing. We really do. Look what happened when the well wasn't flowing. Numbers chapter 20. Let's have a look. We're coming down to land, I tell you. The flaps are down, the wheels are down, we're coming in. Numbers chapter 20, verse 8. Where's verse 8? Take the staff and you and your brother Aaron, gather the assembly together and speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community as they and their livestock can drink. You will bring water out of the rock so the community can drink. Hallelujah. Whatever hardness 
is blocking the flow of your spirit this morning. I want to speak to that rock and say, rock, yield your water. Hallelujah. In the next chapter, chapter 21, they began to sing to it. Then Israel sang the song, spring up, O well. Sing about it, about the well that the princes dug, that the nobles of the people sank, and the nobles were st- with what? With scepters and staffs, shepherds and kings. Hallelujah. Spring up, O well. Rock, give up your water in the name of Jesus. See, sometimes we just let things block the flow. But this morning, wouldn't it be great if some wells got freed up, that things began to flow again in your life, that the dreams that you carried, that have begun to ebb away, are renewed. The people out there need you. Can I encourage you this morning in Jesus' name to build an altar? Can I encourage you this morning to pitch your tent? Can I encourage you this morning to dig that well and get it going again? Hallelujah. Perhaps you've never, you've never got started and you're realising this morning as you sit there that you're missing out on the blessing of the Lord. And, 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 and the reason is you, you've never been a worshipper of the Lord God Almighty. You've left Him out of your life. And so the blessings sort of go, miss you. <laughs> they go over your head. You're not really ready to receive from the Lord because you've never opened your life fully to Him. You've never laid that altar. Perhaps this morning it's your day. Perhaps this morning you say, I need, I need to open my life to a loving God. Then it'll be, it'll be a great thing to be able to pray with you. Jesus said, if two of you shall agree touching anything, it shall be done. You know, this morning, before we open some wells, it'd be great just to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Let's just pray for a minute, shall we, church? Let's just close our eyes and bow our heads. Father, here we are again. It's Sunday morning. We're here in church and we love you, Lord. And We've been receiving the word of the Lord for us this morning and we thank you for that. And we just pray, Lord, that we'll determine in our hearts to build an altar. We determine our hearts to pitch a tent and we determine in our hearts to dig a well. Lord, not just for our blessing, but for the sake of the people in this town and the surrounding districts. 
Lord, there's people here who need to give their hearts to you, and I pray that they'll be able to do so in Jesus' name. Well, people are bowing their heads today. You say, yes, Ian, pray for me. I'm ready. I've decided to give my heart to the Lord this morning. I need to. I need his forgiveness. I need to start again. I need the blessing of God on my life. If you're like that, I'd love to agree with you. And we can do it simply by doing this. If where you're sitting now, while other heads are bowed and people are praying, if you lift your eyes up towards me and look me straight in the face and say, Ian, agree with me, I'm ready to give my life to the Lord, then I'm going to agree. And that prayer is going to be the beginning of a whole new walk for you. So, And if I don't see your eyes up, just put your hand up and just say, it's me. Is that why you're looking at me? Yeah, God bless you. As you open your life fully to the Lord, just receive Him. Wow, He loves you so much and He cares about you and your family. And as you build an altar this morning, then God will bless you. Hallelujah, I agree with you. Be born again in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Just nudge him next to you and say, it's me, I'm giving my heart to the Lord this morning. Is there anyone else you're saying yes to the Lord? Let me just go over this side. Is anyone say, just put your hand, just say, yep, it's me, I'm giving my life to the Lord. I don't want to miss anybody. Hallelujah. No one else? Okay. That's great. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this one who this morning surrenders her life to you. Lord, let the angels party. Let there be rejoicing in heaven because there sure is in our hearts here this morning. So we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his whole. Let's stand together, shall we? Let's stand together. Now, when I was praying yesterday about this service, the Lord said, you need to speak to the wells and open them up. So I said, how am I going to do that? He said, well, 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 well. If you identify with that particular part of the message, I'm going to ask you just to step out in the aisle and I'm just going to speak over your life just a few words and it's going to open the well of your life. Something good is going to happen. Just step out into the aisle. Just step out into the aisle. Just do it right now if you want. Hallelujah. Just step out there. Hallelujah. Come on. God's going to do something for you. Hallelujah. While we're going to worship, good things are going to happen. In Jesus' mighty name. That's it. Just step out to the aisle. I'm going to come down there.